Hello everyone, welcome back to the Marxism Podcast. My name is Mark Jarrett and today we are going to talk about the recent Ontario election. And when I say we, I am joined by my friend Asif Hamid, who is a PhD candidate in political science at Carleton University, host of the Democracy Podcast and uh, self-proclaimed champagne socialist from time to time. <laughs> so Asif, thanks for doing this. No, my pleasure, man. I'm glad to. All right, so Doug Ford is our premier. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was kind of to be expected with uh, the liberals uh, being in power for 15 years and complacency in the provincial uh, government. So, uh, were you surprised at all by the results? Were you expecting maybe a minority or no? I, I it went as it went the direction I thought it would be. It would be going. I think most people kind of expected it to go that way because you, you highlighted the main points there, like. 15 years is a long time and it wasn't like a great 15 years either it was 15 years that was martin controversy you know i think kathleen Wynne did get a bum rap because most of the problems that people had with the liberal government over the past 15 years are actually like legacy stuff from dalton mcginty Mm -hmm. just in terms of like the hydro one deal and the shutting of power plants and stuff like that like that was all his stuff and then she was kind of dealt with it, or dealt that hand, and then had to deal with the hand she was given. I'm also biased because, like, as a person, I like Kathleen Wynne. Mm-hmm. As a politician, yeah, she failed. Right. Um, but, like, even just as, like, a representative for her area, she was always pretty good. The few interactions I had with her, and it was only, wasn't directly with her, but, like, via tangent. She was always really nice, you know? Like, one of my best friends works for her, and, like, just hearing the stories about, like, her day-to-day or like her asking about like me and his other friends if we're with him like that to me just it signals a good person and there's not enough of that in politics i don't think uh were you surprised by her stepping uh well obviously stepping down but uh basically saying that she was not going to win based uh roughly like it was like five days before the actual vote or something like that yeah it was a surprising move to me like i mean everyone saw that coming though yeah uh, like she would have like it, it it was the right thing to do for sure it's the sort of thing that most politicians wouldn't really do because like you are absolutely killing your party's chances like they might have gotten an extra seat or two they would have gotten an official party status for sure if she didn't do that but i mean it's also just like addressing reality now me being biased of course i wish she was she, instead of saying vote for liberal people try and like you know encourage them to vote ndp or something oh, i thought she did no she said vote liberal so you would have like a voice for the middle class because the ndp and the conservatives okay. like in terms of like the canadian slash ontario electoral continuum represent the polar extremes even though they're not so she was kind of saying try and vote in as many liberals as you can so you have kind of a moderate voice in comparison to the quote-unquote extremes oh okay i must have heard differently then something that kind of got me the selection that i haven't really come across now i haven't been voting for a long time and and uh stuff around politics due to my age um but the thing that kind of surprised me was among a bunch of people there seemed to be a a real conflict between voting for the party or the leader Mm. a lot of people were i I knew one guy who said i'd rather vote for a buffoon rather than have fiscal chaos (laughs) And I kind of felt the same way too. You know, there was, I was trying to weigh the pros and cons between leadership and the party, whereas I haven't really noticed that in in the past as much. Yeah, that's definitely like a North American thing for sure. And it's actually more so an American thing because in America you vote for the individual, not the party so much. 
I look yeah. when it comes to presidential elections, you're voting for a guy. Yeah. You're voting for Donald Trump, but then you're voting for like a representative as well. But there's multiple levels of election going on in the American election. So like it's it's media influence, right? Like it's almost by osmosis. It's, I don't want to use that media fucking excuse, but it kind of is, right? Because like we're exposing candidates more American media than Canadian media. For sure. Even if you have basic cable, most of your channels are American channels. Most of the blogs people follow are American blogs. So, like, we're kind of conditioned to follow things almost from an American standpoint. That's why if you ask someone about, like, what's going on in Canadian politics versus American politics, they'll tell you about Trump. Yeah. Because they hear about Trump all the time. Yeah. But not so much in Canada. Maybe right now because, like, you know, the past two days have been an interesting time for Canadian politics. Sure. Uh, with the G7 stuff. But um, yeah, that sort of like leadership horse race thing is a, it's it's a major like North American thing. It's not so much like that elsewhere in the world. They tend to vote for parties and platforms. And yeah, like this one was one where like <laughs> the the leaders stood out so much because they were so horrible. Yeah, like I think that like in terms of since I've been around, this has been like the worst provincial election in terms of your choice of leadership. I like Kathleen Wynne, but she also fucked up. Right, so why would I want to vote for her? And I didn't in the end. Doug Ford is a piece of shit. Worse, a dumb piece of shit. Nothing worse than a dumb piece of shit. Yeah, I don't know if you're getting your point across and how you feel about these people. <laughs> and then you know you've got Andrea Horvath, who at best I'm meh about. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a part of me that during this process I, I kind of thought to myself, is this the best Ontario's got and think and that they can do? You no, know? It, it was horrible, man. It was it was a bit rough. And I mean, like one of the things with Kathleen Wynne, which many people, including myself, said was she shouldn't have ran. Yeah, like yeah. the party should have found someone else. Then the question becomes, who else do you find? I'm of the opinion, find anybody, put anyone else there, and it'll be okay. Right. Um, but yeah, like you don't have another standout liberal candidate. Some might say Charles Souza, the former finance minister, but I mean, he didn't even win his riding. So mm -hmm. I guess not. Yeah. Another thing that kind of not surprised me, but it's, it's coming more and more in politics is if you take Doug Ford as an example, there's, there's, he, 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 the use of like buzzwords and sound bites, um, referring to the Ontario Public Service as inefficiencies or the six million dollar man. It's very much what Trump did during the American election. Mm -hmm. I find that particularly concerning with with the direction politics is going because I think it just makes them lazy. He says they're inefficient, but why and how is he going to change it? Mm -hmm. And I think you see this as well, not just on uh, conservatives or or. Uh, Doug Ford doing this but um, like Justin Trudeau as an example when he got elected when there's a journalist who asked him uh, why did you have 50% of your cabinet as women and he said because it's 2015 and I understand what he's saying basically saying that he's progressive and, and all that but it's kind of a lazy reasoning and mm -hmm. I think uh, for whatever reason have you found that people just they, they, um, they go blind when they hear those words then they go yeah you're right I mean, there's two ways to approach it. Um, one is like the marketing standpoint. You want to say something snappy that people will remember. Yeah. And I mean, this has been part of politics forever, right? I mean, it's been part of popular culture forever. The one yeah. that comes to mind is if a glove don't fit, don't quit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. That's that's one 
but that's not really yeah. politics necessarily but i find it's coming up more and more well marketing is such a huge part of politics now like it's come to the point that like i would be better suited if i wanted to enter the political realm as someone with an education in politics mm-hmm. to actually stop my phd and go to marketing right just because that's where the jobs are in politics I also blame social media, too. Oh, yeah, that's a huge part of it, right? I mean, you can't fit a paragraph on a meme, right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. exactly. Even though, like, now we're at 240 characters or whatever the fuck. (laughs) On Twitter? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the other thing is laziness, right? Like, it's very easy just to say something like that. And that's, like, I mean, in the case of Doug Ford's inefficiencies, that's exactly what it is, right? Like, he's not saying what the inefficiencies are because, one he means job cuts (laughs) and he doesn't want to say job cuts and it's kind of the same thing with trudeau with the 2015 statement like trudeau i think is doing a great job in terms of pushing gender equality even on the international stage i mean the g7 summit i think it was 2.8 billion dollars they're putting towards like gender programs worldwide that's a big deal in terms of his development program like he's focusing on gender and development like in like giving money to development initiatives that don't just look at sexuality, but gender and like the constructions of gender, as opposed to just like you know the binary fucking whatever. <laughs> um, so like I think he's legit, but at the same time, it's also nicer to say it's 2015 than to say this will make me popular. Sure, right? Because there is some of that, even though like his his policy shows he actually cares about it. There is some of that, right? Like it is a popular decision or a popular thing to do for progressives, for the people in the city who got him elected to um, really push forward that idea mm-hmm. uh do you think that do, do you, did you find this election uh everyone just tried to and maybe this is the case with all elections but i found it particularly more obnoxious with this one where everyone just tried to appeal to as many possible people without actually really standing necessarily for something mm-hmm. and personally that's honestly what i thought doug ford did i mean that's parties over the past 20 years so there's been this trend like, because we don't actually have a left in Canada or in much of the world, really. There are no socialist parties. There are no communist parties anymore. They're all gone. The NDP is a social democratic party. Like, if you're to put on the actual political continuum of left to right, they're like left, left of center. But they're not quite left. Right? Yeah, but I mean, even with, I guess, with the Doug Ford case, what was he talking about? Lowering beer prices to like a dollar? Oh, my God. That's Some... just... Like, we finally but, reached the point in Ontario where we have good beer. <laughs> sure, but and like, I know I know people who are serious about that. They, 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 they listed that as a reason on why to vote for him. Being someone who, like, works in the provincial alcoholic regulatory body, which is, like, the nice way to say I work at the fucking liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... That 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 to us is actually really, really scary because like one of the great things in Ontario right now is craft beer and like the way that industry is not going to be undermined by this buck of beer nonsense. Like we already have two dollars of beer like that exists. Yeah. Like going from a loony to a toonie is not a big deal. You can get your fucking Laker ice for two bucks a can like that's that does. That's not unheard of. <laughs> yeah. OK. <laughs> Still ship beer. though. Yeah. Fair enough. A lot of opinions today. Wow. Hey, man, it's the stuff I think about. Yeah, it's it's fair enough. <laughs> I just thought that that was um, something said to try to get as many people, particularly probably like university students, as an example. To... It's interesting because it is very targeted, right? Like It's a it's, very targeted thing to say. It's targeted, uh, and this is, this is going to sound dumb, but it's like it's targeted towards people who don't like affluent things. You know what I mean? Like very yes. cheap you know straight to the point fucking alcohol and students right like it's it's really those two dynamics yeah 
but at the same time, he was he was also talking about tax cuts for like no, he'll the rich, right? And cuts, that's yeah. that's what I mean for um, yeah, of course. But I'm just saying he's he's trying to capture as many people as possible to vote for him, rather than what he thinks is probably best for. I guess I guess that is the point of politics in a way. Yeah, but. like you know, to not to get fucking too political sciencey on you because like that stuff's boring and it actually explains a lot, but also it does worse. Um, and in poli side, we would call this either a catch-all party or a cartel party. Yeah, catch-all. Yeah. And like, it's something that's been really developing since the '70s, and all parties are that now. Yeah. Because you know the ideological leanings, for better or for worse, I think in both sides, parties being less ideological is both good and bad. But that's dissipating. Yeah. Right? But if you like, let's take Stephen Harper as an example. Mm-hmm. When he was running, he never tried to target. Uh, getting younger people to vote for the conservatives ever. I mean, there was he refused to do vice interviews as an example. He refused to do certain media outlets that did appeal to younger people. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't what he was going for. And yeah, Stephen Harper, it kind of switched. He run he ran a really tight show. Um, towards the end, it did him a lot of harm, for yeah. sure. I mean, even just like in terms of like not reaching out to the right outlets and stuff. Yeah, Stephen Harper was someone who really tried to project an image of professionalism above all else. Because, like, that was his thing. That's what got him in office. That's what got him his eventual majority. So I think, like, you know, he didn't really have the scope to go beyond it, but nor did he see the use of it for him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Dougie is, um, like, we've had this conversation before about populism. Dougie's a classic populist. So, like, his appeal will never be in the content of what he says, but, like, what he's saying in a way like it's, it's not about his policy at all it's about like the ideas he's projecting and like him as an individual how much how many of things do you think he's going to f- fulfill that he has said um whatever tax cuts he says he's going to do he'll do because he has a majority right so he can get away with sure it. like he doesn't have any accountability yeah. in terms of the other parties and like it's it's not like the federal system where you have checks and balances with, with the province right the province like it essentially goes through it goes through these quote-unquote efficiencies even though the word should be inefficiencies <laughs> no he has used inefficiencies okay because he, he always comes up as efficiencies whenever i read something about him <laughs> he'll find the inefficiencies like the inefficiencies ultimately are jobs right yeah like there is inefficiency in government of course but it's not going to be to the point like it's it's not even 10 percent of what he's saying like it will be job cuts yeah like that's inescapable yeah that's what kind of what i figure but he would never say that that or he gets rid of everybody's pensions right? yeah like those are the only two things either it's it's what's how many people are getting paid or like where's that money going towards them yeah what did you think about uh my university town guelph getting mm-hmm. a green mp if anyone's gonna do it it'll be guelph yeah yeah do you think that's gonna be a trend where people are gonna be like you know what I hate everyone let's just go green or i actually agree with green it's weird because i think i mentioned this to you uh, in a text that the green like in many ways like in terms of like their fiscal approach um they're actually pretty conservative they sure are yeah like it's just they put the environment first so someone like me it's just like who the environment's the number one issue i'll look at that and say like oh man i should read more into it and then when i do and did it's like ooh, this actually isn't so much the party for me i do think like if someone's approaching it without a critical mind they'll vote for, they'll vote green mm-hmm. right like as time goes on whether it'll be the surge that everyone's thinking it'll be where they're like they're it's one seat right yeah, yeah. like it's it's not i don't think it's going to translate over time to more seats just because like they don't have like 
the profile and pedigree that other parties do Mm -hmm. even just in terms of like who's in those parties like recognizable names so when i was working for the star a few years ago and i was covering the election i you know i interviewed my local green candidate who just came across to me as the angry woman okay and that's why she was there right um not necessarily that she had particular policy views you know so i think like if they can attract members and candidates who one have a history that people can recognize and b bring one and b and two (laughs) bring something to the table then they'll definitely get some votes but like yeah i I don't think it's gonna like quite be like you know have we had orange two point orange surge 2.0 this time around like it's not gonna be like that but Mm -hmm. You know, I think no matter what, when there's more parties involved, that's just good for democracy. So if there's more people running and more people voting green, I think that's a good thing no matter what. Sure. Do you think there's going to be the same amount of scandals and chaos under Doug Ford as premier uh, in comparison to his brother as mayor of Toronto? Not as much as his brother, because, I mean, his brother was a volatile person who lacked tact and was a liar. Like... <laughs> You know, yeah. Rob Ford himself was a bit of a fucking gong show. And, like, you know, I wouldn't even say city council became a gong show as a result. It was just him, really. But Doug... Okay, so first of all, like... What was it? Like, 29 of his candidates are under investigation right now? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them refused to do debates or town halls during the election. Like, it's not... he, He hasn't really assembled the best crew. Right. Right? And when you do that, like, problems will resolve. Also, like, it seems that he himself is not going to approach governing with a lot of tact either. So... I think I don't think there will be scandal and crime like there was with Rob Ford because that was a special case, man. Yeah. Like that was a dude hanging out. I with mean, fucking... he he put Toronto on the map and not in the good way. I, mean, I really the wish it was people. it was Drake instead, but I guess he had something <laughs> to do with it. But yeah, man. Like when you look at the fact that like he was hanging out with like Somali gun runners, not yeah, yeah. just drug dealers, like yeah. the worst of the worst. Um, and you know, at the same time, like cutting essential social programs saying he doesn't want to invest in hug a thug programs and stuff and uh, what was the other one? Oh, the other big one that, that was the big contradiction oh it was uh, safe injection sites he said okay. over my dead body we'll have safe injection sites so, like vilifying people with drug problems and at the then same again. time yeah yeah but yeah so i think like it won't have that that sort of criminal element to it that, that rob ford had but like it will have scandal for sure. Right. Politics always does, but like it's just they didn't assemble the right crew. I don't think you yeah. need squeaky clean people. Like they haven't even started governing yet, and there's problems. Do you think now that uh, Ontario has voted conservative? Do you think the next upcoming election, uh, considering Ontario makes up a large portion of Canada's population, that they will vote conservative? That's the big question right now. And that's something I don't have a conclusive answer for you. It's hard to know. Yeah. Like, on one hand, um, Justin Trudeau's popularity has taken a dip. On the other hand, like, the outcome we've seen in Ontario in this election this past week was mostly because of the negative view towards, I would say, Kathleen Wynne and her particular liberals. Like, there is... Like, Justin Trudeau won because won the landslide that he won because of him more so because of the 
party, right? Like it, it had to do with Justin Trudeau Mania 2.0. Yeah. Um, yeah, he his his popularity has dipped a bit, but I'd also say as of like this weekend, he's on a surge too, right? Just <laughs> yeah, standing yeah. up to Trump and stuff. The fact that Trump is like tweeting that he's weak and stuff, and yeah. that's actually made people like him more. Like I saw Jason Kenny was tweeting in support of, of Trudeau. Yeah. Fucking Kenny of all guys. Right. <laughs> right. So it's another like buzzword there mild and weak is what he used yeah 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 it's um yeah it's it's the opposite of the brand that he projects for himself yeah tiny little hands yeah yeah so (laughs) but yeah yeah, i I don't know man like it does say that like ontario has gone a bit conservative for sure um there's also a few years before we have to make that decision a lot can change between now and then like if doug ford basically does what mike harris did by the time it's time to vote for the feds, um, people will probably not be a fan of him. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I also found, and I guess this is part of the dollar beer thing, appealing, uh, trying to appeal to young people, was uh, more young people, I think, than ever probably voted conservative this election, if I had to guess, from the people I spoke to. and I, I, I don't know, man, because if you look at the towns where the NDP won, most of those were university towns. Really? Like, you think London, for example. Okay. That's, that's conservative territory, but it's yeah. also where Western is, and that became NDP. And there's no reason that should have become NDP. Well, it's because yeah, that, right? I guess I'm just basing it off of social media, the amount of people who would... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I will say, like, the, there's definitely, like, an appeal there, because, like, if there's an appeal for young people to vote for Trump in terms of that brash personality thing, there's definitely like a contingent of young people who will see that and Doug Ford and vote that way. But I also like, um, I live in Ottawa, which is like, they had a couple of liberal candidates win in Ottawa this sure. time around. So like, I didn't see that, but like my riding personally, the conservative person won who went on TV and said, she doesn't believe climate change is caused by people. So, uh, Oh, so we have those people here too. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, That's they, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. She said, she doesn't believe it's man-made. And that she can cite studies. And I was just yelling, yelling at my television when I, when I saw that. There's a part of me that kind of likes the uh, green for that reason. I know in a way, fiscally conservative, as you said, mm-hmm. while, uh, while putting environment on the forefront. Just because it's, it's uh, I, I mean, in Canadian politics, there's just seems to be more left, center left parties than right. I mean, that's the advantage of being a PC, I think is that you're the only right party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the only one that's, like, worth voting for. We do have libertarian parties. Sure, sure. And, like, there are Christian right parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Mississauga is one that, that there's always, like, a candidate running for that party, and they never win the seat, but they get some support. Yeah. But as you said, worth voting for. That's a good Yeah, exactly. It, right? Like, there there are a lot of parties, man. Yeah, yeah. There's devil-worshipping parties, but, like... Do anyone vote for them aside from the candidate's family? Probably, I think even the candidate's family wouldn't. <laughs> right. Uh, do you think what else could there be expected, pretty much from from what could happen with Doug now in power? Yeah, like I'm just trying to think. Uh, what what is there to be expected? What is there even is will, will there be major change? I mean, the the liberals were in power for 15 years. How much is he going to be able to reverse a few things after four? Well, it, it it depends on the things. Like, I think... Like, this catch-all term of inefficiencies is is where you'll see the, the change happening, which is in terms of the actual running of government. Mm-hmm. Um, so certain programs are going to get cut. I think we'll see a lot 
less money going towards transit programs so stuff like the scarborough lrt that'll disappear that's not going to be a thing anymore which is astonishing like when you look at like the york subway extension which just finished last year that was announced and they began work on it i believe in the ray years yeah i think it was a project before my cares came in and then they already started digging and then mike harris came in and stopped it and then the liberals started it up again and it finished now so that was like 20 years it took to build that subway extension which is maybe five kilometers fair enough <laughs> which is a huge waste of money right yeah, it's a huge waste massive. of money and time because like we need it like that was needed no matter what anyone says that was needed and anytime you're building any sort of public transit extension it's a smart idea because population is only going to grow, so the demand's only going to increase. Yeah. Um, so, one thing is that guy's going to cut money going towards transit because, like, he's talked about it before, right? Like, standing up for the, the drivers of Toronto and stuff. Like, he'll he'll continue to do that. So that's that area will definitely see some major change. He's already talked about getting rid of the carbon tax, but apparently the federal government's going to push that because, mm-hmm. as it turns out. The feds are in charge of taxation. Who would have known? Um, <laughs> so that's one area where I think there will be, well, there will be a very vocal thing going on, a very vocal debate in that area. The one that I'm really scared about is the education stuff. Like right. The sex ed program became like this big thing. And like, I don't know, when you when you talk to people who don't understand it, they make it sound like children being taught blowjobs. Okay. <laughs> and it's not that. Like if you actually look at the sex ed curriculum, and I mean – I've worked in education a few years. Some of my best friends are teachers. It's not what people think it is. It's about teaching people about empowerment and equality and diversity. And then by the time you, you, it's all about priming people about the idea of diversity. And then by the time you reach the high school years, you start teaching about gender diversity. So it's, um, and like, unfortunately, like there's a large contingent of people who are, who are scared and opposed to that. So that policy is probably gonna get thrown out the window or at least a little attempt to, but I mean, it's not a matter of attempt. They'll get the votes if the party's unified on it. Okay. You know what also makes me... What does it make me do anything? But oh, you know what I'm always like wondering about mm. is why, if you look at Doug Ford's hair and you look at Donald Trump's hair, mm-hmm. the same shade of blonde. <laughs> Maybe. And even, now that I think about it, Gertz Wilders in the Netherlands... <laughs> also kind of has that same shade of blonde and i don't like it's are you trying to say they all have vaguely aryan features is that no 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 not necessarily i'm just saying it's it's is it dyed is it you know well definitely a case of of trump it's dyed yeah of course yeah i find it why they go for that look maybe they're just like of that age right where they know if they go like dark brown no one's gonna buy it if they have gray hair maybe that's their way to try to appeal to younger people yeah, well, like, I mean, no one wants to look old. Like, it takes... A, and Okay, I shouldn't say no one. Insecure people don't want to look old. Sure, <laughs> we sure. Can, we can agree that Donald Trump is not the bastion of, of personal security. <laughs> like, this is something we can probably agree on. <laughs> and, I mean, like, Doug Ford, I can only assume, kind of cut from that cloth. Maybe has those same personality traits. Who knows? Maybe I'm extrapolating and assuming too much. But. Yeah. Yeah, like I know when I see some gray in my beard, I pluck it out. <laughs> Do you? Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. it's always the same thoughts. Like, I can't be fucking teaching kids and like looking like an old man. Okay, so does that mean you might uh, start dyeing your hair blonde? And no, 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 no. Okay, 
But fortunately, my hair, like, it's it's not so bad. It's just my beard. I get it, like, my chin. Yeah. And I get a little bit of the temples, but, like, not enough to, like, make me think, oh, it's time. Maybe that'll change in a year, though. Who knows? I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I'm just, everything's dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about our voting system first past the post? Of course, that there's uh, there's been some... Uh, I guess controversies on on how people are getting into power, mm-hmm. and there's been yeah. some flaws, of course. Well, I mean, this election is a perfect example of that, right? Because yeah. the actual difference between the NDP and the Conservatives in terms of the popular vote was what six percent, thirty four versus forty percent. Sorry, what was that? I believe like forty percent of the province voted Conservative, and thirty thirty four percent or thirty three percent voted NDP. Okay, right. So it's a seven six to seven percent spread. Yeah. Yet the difference in seats is monumental. Um, so this is like a prime example. I, th- I think the, the best example was in the 90s in BC when the Gordon Campbell Liberals won. They actually had less seats than the number two or less votes than the number two party, but had a super majority <laughs> in <laughs> the end in terms of seats. So the first past the post electoral system clearly is flawed. It's, it's not an accurate representation of people's votes. In a, maybe in a general trend sense, but like it doesn't end up translating to seat count well. Like, I mean, just the simple fact that over half of the people in this province voted against the conservatives, but the conservatives are going to get their way over the next four years. Like that is a problem in terms of governance. Now, the, um, the system that's always given as an alternative is proportional representation. Mm-hmm. And proportional representation is good, but comes with its own problems, right? Because one thing, if you look at PR programs around the world, you have a lot of fringe parties and you have a lot of electoral volatility. Like Italy is always the example cited, given the fact that like every few years, like the government's dissolving. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird question. Like I warm towards any system which is more reflective of Canadian people, um, which would be a representational or proportional representational system. But at the same time, I think fringe politics in some ways can really damage politics. Like I said before, like I think it's a good idea to have more parties, but fringe parties are not like the way to go because they tend to make things even a little violent too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are many forms of proportional representation. I know in Ontario, we've debated in the past the idea of having a mixed member proportional representation system. I think that was the one that was... And it's not just you select one people, you rank your candidates. Yeah. So I think a proportional representational system like that would be great because, like, on one hand, it's more reflective. On the other hand, it takes out that fringe element um, because, like, chances are they're not going to be ranked that high in that many ballots. Far but, less wasted votes as well. Yeah, but the downside to that is it's more complex, Yeah. right? It's very easy to tell someone like my mom, who's, like, almost 70, to, like, just X one box, mm-hmm. right? But, like, to rank people means... You're expecting the citizen to be a critical thinker and do that research. So yeah. I would like to think we all are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not that stupid. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll en- engage and encourage people to do so over time. Right. Ideally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Trudeau was talking about changing the first-past-the-post system for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, and that's something like he's really rests his laurels on, unfortunately. He he really ran on it, and I think that's part of the reason why he lost some urban support. Yeah. Because like that was a big thing. Yeah, that kind of annoyed me when he did that. He did, like, his alternative that he presented, quote-unquote presented, 
was one that kind of addressed like the issues I was talking about with proportional representation in the sense that like you're giving you're giving a potential to like really violent extremist parties right like suddenly you can have like a, a Christian right party <laughs> yeah. right and like they can get power because when you think of like social conservatives for example right like I think the prime example is like in the states with the Republican Party how like there is a marked difference between like your average GOP person and a Tea Party person, mm-hmm. right? But like they're both within the same party. So in Canada, like a lot of like extreme conservatives get subsumed. Like I'm talking like social conservatives, like banana ideas. Like what was that lady's name? Tanya Allen Granick or whatever. Like those types of people. Mm-hmm. Like they get like watered down. Mm-hmm being members of the conservative party equally people on the left right like like i said we don't have any leftist parties anymore so those people who are like who have maybe anarchic positions on politics like when it comes to them going to the table like they're going to vote for the most left party we have which is the ndp so that gets watered down a bit with proportional representation suddenly they have the opportunity to have their own parties which just muddies the whole system a little bit and again it empowers bad ideas so whatever system Trudeau came up with, I can't remember what it was. It was confusing as fuck when I read about it. Really? Yeah. Um, it, it seemed like it, it took the idea of like the mixed member PR system and kind of like jazzed it up a bit, but made it even more confusing. I right. don't know. Like it, it has to be immediate and has to be, it has to be the sort of thing that anyone can do, right? Like once you give someone something that they have to have an education to understand and expect them to do it, like at least every two years, like that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? So the appeal of first past the post is its ease and simplicity, but obviously, functionally speaking, it's it's not a good system. Yeah, do you think that's also a problem with uh, the size of our country too? What do you mean? Like I feel that. So we have very, uh, even though ninety percent of our population lives, what is it, a hundred kilometers from the U.S. border? Do yeah. you think that I mean one riding is going to represent? Oh, okay. A certain amount of people, the uh, other is going to represent. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, the the first past post system has traditionally always worked very well for conservatives in Canada. Yeah, I was going to say it favors them. They're the one party who you will never, ever hear anything about changing it. Right. Like, they never talk about electoral reform because they know that, like, they enjoy the support that they do because of it. But then again, you have Trudeau who uh, was voted in on that system. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's probably why he backed off of that? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I do think that plays into it. It's, It's... because like you know, our our, I don't really consider the NDP to be a legacy party, just because like they haven't had much experience with governance. Like provincially, yes; federally, no. Yeah. Um. So our two legacy parties benefit from that system a great deal. Yeah. yeah. So do you think any party that gets voted in will ever change that system? I think it's starting to become a major issue for people. Sure. It's becoming one of those votable issues. Yeah. especially with this last federal election. And I think Trudeau is aware of the fact that he disappointed a great deal of his power base, his newfound power base, I should say, um, by reneging on that promise. So I think like the more vocal people are about this stuff, like the more that politicians are aware that it's an issue that they need to attend to, and eventually it will get attended to. I think eventually Canada will become a country that has some form of proportional representation. Right. Like as a as a federal country, like we're good for it. Yeah. yeah. You, you kind of want to have federal states use a system like that. Okay. All right. 
I think that's everything. Okay, cool, man. So uh, thanks for doing this once again. Oh, my pleasure, dude. Any, anytime you need me. You know, anytime. I'm glad to do this For stuff. sure. <laughs> All right. And that's everything. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, please take a look on Facebook page, Twitter, Marxism Podcast, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, subscribe, like, rate, follow, <laughs> all that good stuff. Even write a review. All that stuff helps me out. As always, we are out of here. Peace.